from the former convent of the Good Shepherd overlooking Inwood Oak Park in New York City, welcome to Inwood Artworks On Air. It's where we meet musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all stripes who make their home what we affectionately call Upstate Manhattan. I'm your host, Aaron Sims. Today, we welcome visual artist Bruce Katz. Bruce is an architectural, portrait, and fine art photographer based in New York City, working regularly for a diverse clientele over a 40-year career. His work has appeared in Architectural Digest, New York Magazine, Landscape Architecture, The Washington Post, as well as for top hospitality, design, and advertising firms throughout the country. Recent NYC gallery exhibitions include SPF 16 at the Arsenal Gallery on Fifth Avenue, Photoville in Brooklyn in 2016 and 2017, the Alice Austin House Museum, and the International Center of Photography. His Elevated Lines exhibition was here in New York's in Inwood in 2018 at the Inwood Artworks Pop-Up Art Gallery. In addition, selected works from his City Limits project was recently acquired by the New York Historical Society for the museum's permanent collection. Bruce is a strong advocate for business education for photographers and has taught at the International Center of Photography. He's an active member of ASMP and has served on the National and New York Chapter Boards of Directors. We are going to talk about his work and a lot more than just taking pretty pictures. So I'm excited to welcome Bruce Katz to Inwood Artworks On Air. How are you, Thank Bruce? you. Thank you. Thank you. You bet, man. So how's it been? What's going on? It's been good. Well, like everything else, it's, you know, it's uh, two years of shrugging your shoulders and trying to figure out which uh, which way is up. So, exactly. Uh, it's like Rip Van Winkle. nothing new for us. <laughs> yeah. True. True. Um, well, we just heard all about all the wonderful things you've done and accomplished, so you would think there's really no need to talk any further. Um, but okay, I'm good with that. <laughs> see, Thanks. You're out of here. Um, but, uh, me just but since I have you, yes. um, and uh, I like to talk start off talking about the present. Um, uh, so you recently, recently completed an architectural photography book called Sky High, the Super Talls of NYC. Uh, can you tell us about the project? Yeah, this uh, uh, was actually a really fun project to do for uh, Princeton Architectural Press. Um, a couple of years ago, about five or six years ago, I had a student in my class who... Uh, was an uh, architectural historian and uh, writer. Um, not my best student as a photographer, um, but a really funny, nice guy. And uh, out of the blue, I got a call a couple of years ago from him uh, asking if I wanted to work on the book project with him. He was, um, he's written a couple of books for Princeton Architectural Press and wanted to know if I was interested in doing the photography. So that was... Uh, Easy yes, and uh, uh, two years later, uh, we've pretty much finished the project just in time, uh, you know, for this last wave of uh, uh, COVID. So, uh, uh, and that's been uh, super fun. It's uh, the project really is looking at the new New York skyline. All of there's twelve buildings that we're concentrating on. Many of them are not finished yet, but they're all, uh, it's Billionaire's Row on West 57th Street, a few select buildings at uh, Hudson Yards, uh, some you know, notable buildings downtown, and uh, one in Brooklyn. Well, you have a portfolio of many architectural projects, uh, and it seems to me um, one of the hurdles that you have to continually overcome uh, 
and and, compl- and you, have to, you have to compete not only with pandemics, um, but with weather, um, with other buildings, um, and access to them, and landmarking maybe as well, and what you can and cannot shoot perhaps, um, uh, as far as uh, NYC that might prohibit you from the angle of the shot desired. There's a place... Say landmark, I mean something in the way of your shot, so to speak. Um, so, can you share what considerations are made in deciding your approach to shooting um, this book and the buildings in this project, and perhaps share a story about the lengths you've gone to and methods you've used to get yourself in position to achieve, hopefully, a shot that you're trying to capture. Well, interestingly enough, it, it, I can't say that it went completely smoothly. But um, one of the side benefits of having uh, worked in the city for 25 years now, something like that, maybe a little longer, uh, closer to 30 years, um, is that my existing clients, uh, several of the buildings uh, that we were shooting uh, were handled by some existing clients of mine. And... The others that weren't, I've, I've had dealings with, you know, the property owners, the developers and stuff. And um, I feel like my longevity here, or at least uh, working in the city, has given me access to places uh, with just a, a phone call and somebody saying, hey, sure, I can, happy to let you up on my, the roof of my building. Or, but from... From a photographic perspective, the super talls are almost impossible to shoot um, from the street. Um, There's very few places in the city that you can see the entire building, particularly uh, the stuff that's in Midtown and uh, uh, on West 57th Street, um, you know, from the ground to the top. There's no really... Uh, open vistas that you can shoot detailed shots of these buildings from. So part of what I was doing was trying to put the new buildings in context of the city, shooting them from Central Park and how it's changed how we see Central Park. You know, if you're in the Sheep Meadow, um, you know, looking south along 57th Street, if just you know three or four years ago uh, none of these buildings existed or only a couple of them existed Mm -hmm. it's really in the last 10 years that that entire skyline has changed Um, so really I'm just trying to put the buildings in context with the rest of the city and getting some nice photographs that show the architecture and the design of the buildings themselves Um, which vary wildly, you know, in my opinion. Um, some of them, there are a couple that I think are beautifully designed. Others, uh, you know, I think are awful. It's going to be up to the writer to decide how he frames that, but I certainly have my, my thoughts. Um, and we could spend hours talking about that. Um, we'll create a podcast series of buildings yeah. Bruce hates. Yes. <laughs> and likes. It's a lot. Parenthesis. Yes. In parenthesis, yes. and likes. No, but it's uh, it, it's been a, 
a photographic challenge, but mostly because they're, they're tall and skinny and looks like pencils stuck in the ground. And trying to make something of that photographically is incredibly uh, challenging. Um, and, uh, you know, I managed to find a couple of vistas and rooftops and places to shoot this stuff from that, that uh, I think are really unique and uh, I certainly enjoyed. So uh, we'll see. Uh, so far, the initial design and stuff of the book looks really nice. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing this thing in print. So when will, it be, when will it be available in print? Should be uh, scheduled for release in... Uh, November 22, so uh, next November, okay. we should uh, have something on the shelves. Gotcha. I'm going to pedal back something you said sure. earlier, is that you have a 25-year career here. Um, you didn't start here. You started in D.C., I yes. believe, and came here. Um, so uh, I think it's an interesting thing to share because I know you're big on education, too, and communities. And it's, like, it's not just the what gear you got, man, and uh, you know the know-how, but I think – from your, you can't teach experience. It's something you have to go through and find it your own way. Um, so I think some people listening might wonder, wow, that's Scott Supertall sounds like an amazing gig. And he just made these phone calls and walked in the buildings. But I think, could you touch on like the foundation you've built with these people and like the other gigs that got you this gig, um, you know, enabled to be have access to create these shots? Because um, I think some people might be thinking, well, how do you even get your foot in the door and working in these kind of clienteles? That, it's a really interesting question. Um, and, and part of that is it has changed dramatically over the last uh, 20 years. Um, back when I started my career, uh, I think they used coal-fired cameras. Uh, we still use Someone it. right now just Googled coal fire camera, yes, by I the know, way, right. okay? Um, <laughs> it, it's um, uh, back when I started my career. Is that an icon? Uh, you could, you could, there were paths, certainly for commercial or editorial photography that you could follow where, you know, the market was uh, not as saturated as it is now. Um, and people would see, you could literally meet people, bring portfolios around, a physical portfolio, present it to somebody. Um, they'd look at it, they'd consider it. There were opportunities for young photographers where uh, regional magazines, uh, as an example, in DC, there were probably six regional magazines. Um, you know, Washingtonian, Baltimore Magazine, all kinds of other local magazines. They all had budgets. They all hired photographers regularly. You could do one assignment a month for each of them and make a living. Um, you know, flash forward to now, almost all of those magazines are gone. They're not publishing anymore. Um, so that was a way of breaking into the business um, I came up through the ranks of uh, assisting other commercial photographers, uh, learning the trade as an apprentice, as it were. Um, and that was a way of also sort of getting paid and earning your uh, education, uh, you know, 
literally carrying bags and stuff for other people. And, uh, uh, and then eventually, uh, uh, just kind of slowly breaking out on your own, getting a couple of assignments here and there, and then uh, developing uh, a little bit of a career. Um, here in New York, much bigger market, much more stratified in a certain way, um, but also people are open. Uh, you know, I found when I came to New York, uh, I shoot primarily architecture, but do enough portraiture and other work that uh, art directors and people that are hiring um, could look at your work and know that you could do a job well that was outside of what you were showing them. Um, that's, that was a great opportunity as well. Much of that has, has gone away. It's very tough to get to see editors at magazines now. It's almost all done uh, uh, via, you know, your website or, uh, you know, very little of it is done in person. So uh, it's critical to have a community of people around you um, that can help you navigate that. And that I got when I came to New York by uh, joining ASMP, which is the American Society of Media Photographers. And um, they, uh, you know, that gives you a, gives you a sense of community and place to ask questions about process. And uh, with the New York chapter, it's a place to meet a lot of these people on a routine basis and get your work in front of them. And uh, it's an invaluable tool for breaking into the business. I assume that the equivalent in the acting world would be something like the Actors Fund or uh, uh, equity on a certain level. Um, where you know you have some support system underneath uh, to ask questions when certain things happen in the business. And on top of everything else, it's an excellent resource for the business education part of photography. Well, thanks for covering all that ground. I mean, you not only gave a little history, but you're also saying where, you, where, you, where are people now? And I know the pandemic also has level the playing field in different ways as far as opportunities um working remotely or uh having not you know you don't get office time or you don't bring you don't bring in something and see people just face to face let alone a portfolio you don't get to meet people anymore as much anymore to to make those relationships right to bridge those relationships yeah that's the biggest thing that's missing you know these last two years is being able to literally get together in a room with people and and shoot the breeze and, and uh, because a lot of, you know, with everything that happens, you know, photography uh, in the photography world or business, it, it's pretty much a referral business. So if you're not out there networking and talking and doing, and it's, it's something you can't do remotely. I can't, I can't shoot work remotely. Um, you know, as much as I'd like to be able to send a drone out to go to my work while I have lunch, that's, that's not going to happen. Um, so 
all of that, you know, the the business part of it, you know, it's it's you you end up there's there's a lot of downtime and um, you know there's there's things that you can do during the downtime that are productive, but um, I think everybody's patience has been tested enormously these days. Yeah, I'd say to say the least. But yeah. uh, but thanks for covering all that. And just to touch on the ASMP portion you did too is one thing you're referring to is the portfolio review that they right, that they put exactly. it they put it out there. So once or I believe the local New York chapter does it at least once a year, if not twice a year. In the past, yeah. they've had portfolio reviews where they um, invite people from all different walks of life in the photography industry, people who have galleries, people who are, have representation or work for corporations or uh, just have a good eye uh, or come in and you get to present your work for them. And that's pretty great for people just getting in an, 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 a, I guess a solicited opinion uh, in a way. Um, but it's, it's really great to have um, you know, just like you get FaceTime one-on-one people, again, bringing in not just your work, but you in front of people. So I think it's a really invaluable lesson um, for people to learn about their own work and also, again, networking opportunity to help move their work forward. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, you know, this is in the, in the photography art world or, uh, you know, if you're putting your work out there uh, in, in a fine art context, um, you know, no one these days is going to look at a portfolio. It used to be, you know, this is 30, 40 years ago, Museums would have open calls, and you could send a portfolio of work to, you know, major museums, and people would look at it. Um, and, you know, if it was interesting, it, it 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 might be a great way of starting your career. All that is is largely gone now. It's turned into kind of a subset business where. You'd go to a photo festival in Houston or out in Oregon or California where many art directors and, and art directors, uh, gallerists and curators and, and agents are in the business and they're there to sit down and look at your work, but it's a pay-to-play thing. It costs uh, thousands of dollars to get out there and meet these people. Uh, it, it's very worthwhile. I mean, they're very sharp. Uh, great people to go see, um, but the thing that we have here in New York, and particularly through ASMP, is that if you're a member of ASMP, um, many of these people are available at the portfolio review right here, and it's an incredible benefit to be able to uh, share your work with them. Um, it's broken into usually two categories, commercial and fine art, right. um, twice a year. And, of course, these, these last two years, uh, uh, we haven't been able to do any of that. Well, just prior to the pandemic, um, local residents here were who ventured out, because uh, you could do that in 2018, uh, might have caught your Elevated Lines exhibition at our pop-up gallery. Um, it featured New York City from a different perspective than Supertalls. Um, it, uh, it's, it's as seen um, from above-ground subway stations. Uh, so it's hard to believe that it was over four years ago, right? Yeah. <laughs> it feels like yesterday, and it feels so much longer in other respects. Yes. Um, uh, but one of the things I personally loved about the exhibition, uh, that you could, you could see new and neglected parts of our city captured and juxtaposed. Um, 
many times from the same frame. Yes. Uh, and uh, kind of recalling what you said earlier about, you know, 10 years ago, say look different. Four years ago, say look different um, from the super tall book. Um, and I feel your images captured everyday views familiar to Joe New Yorker like myself, um, who f frequently visits MTA stations uh, to get around. And uh, and it gave that. What I loved about your show, one of the things I loved about it is that it gave people a reason to pause and perhaps revisit a version of what they saw through your lens with familiarity and also a sense of discovery. Um, and so, how does that make you feel to see be able to bring perspective to people's lives and the could be mundane and and yet making the mundane quite sublime, perhaps. Well, that's. Uh, I'm glad that's what you got at it. First, before you know, I answer that. I really just have to thank you again for putting on that show for viewers out there. That you know, Aaron's role in the community up here is just is wonderful. Um, it's all the unlike the the art world where the time between an idea and an exhibition is measured in years, if not decades for some work. Yeah. Um, you managed to put together, or we managed to put together that show in a couple of weeks and get it out in front of people. And it was, it was great. I mean, I, really have to thank you for that because it was a, a fantastic experience. Oh. It was and great it looked to, good too. It did. <laughs> it did. I like my own work. <laughs> it, it, getting back to the, the question, um, that is precisely what I try and do. When people ask me what I, what I shoot, these days I don't really... You know, my subject, thinking back on it now that I've had, you know, 25, 30 years here in New York, my subjects have all been New York City in one way or another, either commercially, the uh, buildings, um, the landscape around the city, the, uh, the subway. And uh, one of the things I love about the city uh, they're dwindling, but one of the things I still love about the city is that you're never at a loss for subject. There's always something that's uh, in front of you, and one of the things that I delight in doing or trying to do um, is show people the city that's right in front of them. Um, and the the subway stop is you know people people are spending a lot of time waiting for a train these days and you know with the elevated lines there they have this vista of whatever your particular neighborhood is whether it's out in queens or up here in the bronx or northern manhattan and you know you're staring at graffiti and air conditioner ducts and all kinds of stuff that's in your line of sight um, and I just, at some point, found it was like it was really interesting. And, you know, uh, everyone has their, everyone that rides the subway has their own particulars about it. You know if you're getting in the A subway stop here up in 
northern Manhattan, you want to be in the third car, second door, so that you can get out of the subway at the right spot to get home. You know, New Yorkers work that. And it's the same thing with their own stops up at 225 Marble Hill. You know, you, you see the top of McDonald's and all kinds and a little bit of the... And I just found that really interesting and decided to visit every stop that I could and see how the flavor of a neighborhood is reflected in the view. Well, I'm, and just so people know too, is that you can still see Bruce's show at his, on his website. He has some of them up there. And um, so if you, if you feel like you missed out and you're like, geez, this sounds really, really great. I'm so sorry I missed it. Well, you did, but you didn't. So you can kind of go check out his website too. BruceCatsPhoto.com, right? Correct. Okay, just making sure I'm saying the right places. Um, well, uh, and I, and I know I know it wasn't done purely for documentary purposes, um, but uh, kind of recalling the theme here, uh, do you have any interest in revisiting some of these situations and the stations? Say, uh, ten years, you know, from when you shot them, or I don't know, making some kind of like. Uh, a recall, a redo, if you will, because you, you, it'd be interesting to see from your point of view um, what has and hasn't changed and what you have or have not chosen to include. That's a really interesting question. I, 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 the short answer is I don't know. Right now, I always work kind of in projects and... Um, I felt like I finished that project. Going back and revisiting specific stations is an interesting idea, but it's a little bit of a different project for me. And interestingly enough, um, one of our neighbors who's an architect um, was actually redesigning one of the uh, stations that I had photographed and had told me just a few weeks after the show that the view there is completely different because they tore down all the buildings that I had just shot. Oh, man. So, you know, things were literally changing in front of me. You know, the show's up, and if people had visited that particular station, um, they would not have seen the same view. And that's, that's true anywhere you go in the city, um, you know, it, th there's nothing that changes faster than New York real estate. Um, you know, buildings go up in record time and, you know, some of them feel like they've been part of the city for a long time and others are like, it's gonna take a long time to get used to that thing there. And that goes back to the super tall book, you know, it's, I could be shooting that for the next 10 years and creating new photographs, but that's not what the project is. You right. know, we have to live with the fact that several of these buildings aren't finished. And, mm -hmm. you know, so I expect that with um, uh, all the stops that, you know, everything is, is going to be different week to week, uh, even with, with like the, the tags and the graffiti that's up there. Um, that changes all the time. So I don't think I'm, I don't have any plans of going back and revisiting that at the moment. 
um, maybe somewhere down the road, um, but uh, uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to jump into next. I have some ideas, but I don't think that I've, I I don't think I want to be on the subway that much. <laughs> I don't Truth believe be you. told, it's it's not right uh, now. I don't all think the so. charm of <laughs> riding the subway and even doing the shooting the riders and stuff that I've been doing as well is it's wearing thin. So do you have any pet projects that you really want to do? I think the next thing that's coming up, um, I think I'm, I'm going to go back and revisit some portraiture and start getting some friends and colleagues and interesting folks that I meet and just start doing some new portraits and what direction that's going to take and where it's going to go. Um, one of the things, one of the ways that I work is a lot of times I'll start something and thinking that it's going to be a project that's moving in this direction. And once I actually start the photography, I realize, oh, this is a little, you know, I make a lot of turns before I uh, settle on a, a specific direction. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. That's process. Yeah. Cool. Well, Bruce, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Um, is there anything else you want to say? Anything else going on in your life? No, hopefully you can edit this down to something that <laughs> sounds like I'm not just running on at the mouth. Oh, come on. You did fine. Um, well, before we say goodbye, um, again, BruceCatsPhoto.com, right? right? Anywhere else to go? Uh, no, that's pretty much it for the, the time being. I, I wish I could we could plug another uh, uh, another upcoming show and stuff like that, but that's uh, that'll be a little while yet. Well, you know what? In due course, right? Yeah, yeah. In due, in due course, it's what happens. We're, we're maybe maybe two years. From, if we didn't oh, have I a may. Pandemic uh, uh, I may. We haven't rescheduled it yet, but uh, I am supposed to speak uh, at B and H. At some point, that was one of the things that uh, got shelved uh, during the pandemic. So I'm looking to reschedule that. You Are know, you doing photo walks still? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I'm doing one on March 5th. But uh, uh, you know, just little. Uh, you can do uh, them periodically, though. Yeah, I, I, a friend of mine has a a, a very uh, fun little business uh, that. Uh, combines learning how to take better pictures uh, with traveling around the city. It's mostly aimed at, um, I won't say tourists, but folks that are visiting the city that want to uh, up their photography game. And it's, uh, uh, it's a lot of fun to kind of walk, walk around and help them out with uh, which way to point their camera. Gotcha. And what is that called? Where do people go for that? Just curious. That is uh, Photo Safari. Um, I think it's photosafari.com, but uh, uh, I don't know if you're going to yeah, put, we can put stuff it there. In, yeah. in there. I'll get you that, uh, <coughs> that info, and I'm sure um, my friend Zim will be very happy for that. You know, we take money for sponsorship all the time. I'm kidding. Free. No, Zim, um, Zim is a, you know, I really like, you know, this I do. Uh, it's fun. Um I have a good time with it, and, and it's a great way for people that uh, love photography to kind of knock around the city and learn a little. 
and uh, you know she has a great little business going, and I'm happy to help out with her. There you go, folks. You know what to do. Well, thank you, Bruce, for joining me on this Artist Spotlight episode of In What Artworks On Air. It's where we meet the musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all stripes that make their home here in Upper Manhattan. If you have a moment, please show us some love right now by rating and reviewing this podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really does help us. And many thanks to Church of Good Shepherd here at NYC, up here at Inwood, for hosting us, and to HighSites.com for uptown promotional support. Be sure to follow us on social media at Inwood Artworks to keep up all that we do, which includes the Inwood Film Festival, Filmworks Off Fresco, Pop-Up Art Galleries, Live Performances, and so much more. You can support On Air and all of our programming by making a tax-free donation at inwoodartworks.nyc backslash donate. This program is supported in part by public funds from New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with City Council. From the top of Manhattan and the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Aaron Sims for Inwood Artworks On Air.